Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are actually going to talk about something in the world of video game development that doesn't relate to lawsuits and app stores and monopolies and the Sherman Antitrust Act. So welcome. If this is your first time in Virtual Legality, this is usually what we talk about. On your screen is the logo for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, which only recently announced that like a number of other games here in 2020, it was delaying its release. Here's the announcement from Paradox and Hardsuit Labs, the developers of this game. We are moving the launch of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 to 2021. Our goal has always been to deliver the best game possible, to immerse you into a Seattle reimagined in the world of darkness, that's the name of their RPG system that Bloodlines takes place in, and deliver a worthy successor to the original Bloodlines game. Due to the quality bar and ambitions we have set for ourselves, we have made the difficult decision that we need more time. This means that our goal to release in 2020 is no longer possible. Moving launch is one of the changes we are making to ensure the best player experience possible. This is not a decision taken lightly, nor is it the first option that we considered. We will share more information in the coming months on launch timing and other organizational changes that will help us achieve this goal. We understand that this will be a disappointment to many of you, but we also appreciate how our ambition is echoed through many parts of the community. We hope that you understand that while difficult, this is the right call. We thank you all for your patience while we continue to build Bloodlines 2 as a joint statement from Hardsuit Labs and Paradox Interactive. Now, there are a couple of things worth noting just in that announcement. One is they speak specifically to the quality bar, which one might just think of as graphics and bugs and things that take a lot of time to fix up when you are close to releasing a video game, but not generally things like the story or the narrative of an RPG. We'll get back to that. Also, in the second paragraph, it's worth noting that it's not just launch timing that they are planning to address, but also other organizational changes. Now, those phrases always raise a little yellow flag for someone like me in the business of looking at things from a corporate governance perspective. You say, hmm, I wonder what would need to be changed right now. It suggests that there is something going on behind the scenes. Understand, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 was supposed to come out this year. Holiday 2020 at the latest, we're already in August. This is a significant setback. And when you talk about organizational changes, if they are going to be significant in and of themselves, that speaks to a certain amount of tumult behind the scenes. Then we actually go today and see the statement about these organizational changes. An update on those changes for Bloodlines 2. Alexander Mandrika joins the Bloodlines 2 team as creative consultant. We'll get to that as well. Hi, everyone. Paradox Interactive and Hardsoup Labs have some important information to share today. We recently shared that we were making some organizational changes to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, and as promised, we will now give an update on what that means. Lead narrative designer Brian Mitsoda and creative director Kai Clooney are no longer part of the team at Hardsuit Labs. Now note the passive voice there. We will find out in an article that we will also look at that these two were fired. These are not small positions, especially for an RPG. Lead narrative designer and creative director are significant roles when you're creating a video game like a sequel to one of at least the most cult-acclaimed classics in the RPG genre. So when you've got a sequel to that, this is a significant issue. This was a joint decision made by the leadership of Hardsuit Labs, for which these two people worked, 
and Paradox Interactive, which owns, I believe, either a controlling share or a major share in Hardsuit Labs. We appreciate and value the contributions of Brian and Kai, which were instrumental in establishing the game's storyline and dark tone, and have helped to ensure that we are making a true successor to the iconic Bloodlines. We wish them both the best in their future endeavors. With that, we are excited to announce that Alexander Mandrika has come aboard as creative consultant, filling the creative director role for Bloodlines 2. That's interesting phrasing in and of itself, right? He's come aboard as creative consultant, meaning I think most specifically from a legal perspective, he's not an employee of either Hard Suit or Paradox, but he will be filling the role of an employee, creative director, the role previously held by Kai Clooney, which if you go back and you look at the keynote videos and announcement marketing materials that Paradox and Hard Suit put out regarding this game, was the force behind making sure that this game got created. And I believe originally hired Brian Mitsoda, at least as described in those videos and those marketing materials. So Alexander Mandrika comes in and they say he will help us in the final stages of development. He's committed to following the vision that is in place and successfully bringing Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines to, to the fans. He's been in the industry for a while. We're actually gonna look at his website in just a second. But these changes to the team are focused on one thing, to bring you the best possible Vampire the Masquerade game. And also, reading between the lines, that we were unhappy, not just with graphics and bugs and engines and ray tracing and the stuff that you would expect to be somewhat in tumult and changing at the end of a design of a video game, but with the narrative direction and the creative leadership of this role-playing game that is so dependent on both of those aspects that we don't think, for whatever reason, they lean on what you should want from Bloodlines 2. And when you read one of these kinds of commentaries, when you see that these changes are being made at a company like this for a game like this, 2021, I'm not sure it's a guarantee that it'll be terribly early in 2021 if the changes are as significant as an article like this suggests. Now, we have an article from Rock Paper Shotgun who actually got an email from Brian Mitsoda where he comments on these things. And we're going to read a lot of that. But they confirm that this was a firing. This was not a separation. This wasn't a, I have to go spend time with my family. This doesn't appear to be anything salacious. We don't speculate in this environment, as you know, if you followed the videos that we've done on Dr. Disrespect and Twitch and other circumstances where we don't have the context, we can only kind of respond to what information has been shared. And this apparently came out of nowhere. Brian Mitsoda has been suddenly terminated from his position as narrative lead on Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, that this came as a shock to me is underselling it, wrote Mitsoda in an email statement given to RPS. Paradox Interactive have said in their own statement that we just read that Mitsoda and creative director Kai Clooney are no longer part of the team at Hardsuit Labs. Mitsoda was a lead writer on the original Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines at Troika, and his presence on the development team for its sequel lent the project credibility. Most of the Bloodline 2 marketing has put Mitsoda front and center. You can see that in the keynote videos on the Paradox YouTube channel and elsewhere, both in trailers and at events. And that's the reason the thumbnail to this video reads that Vampire has diluted its own Bloodlines, because they were using... Brian Mitsoda's presence on the project that Kai Clooney apparently brought in to, to lend this credence to the entire project, to say we have some of those bloodlines. We can reach back to our predecessors, to this game that has become a cult classic, and we can sell you on the fact that this will be a continuation of that. And now that particular claim can only go so far because 
at the 11th hour, or maybe not the 11th hour, if this game gets significantly delayed from this point on, but seemingly at the 11th hour, we've fired the people in charge of the story for this game, and those people had some connection with the story of the game that you know and love. This is a big, big deal and something that's rare enough that I thought it deserved a virtual legality video. Paradox's statement, as we read, in his statement to RPS, which is quoted in full below, Mitsoda says that he is incredibly disappointed and frustrated to say that this is where it ends for me on the project. We're going to take a look at that full statement. RPS also notes that Bloodlines 2 has been delayed several times during development, with the most recent delay announced just as we had read on Twitter. Paradox's statement about that delay did mention organizational changes, and I guess that's what they are. As RPS finally says at the end of this particular news item, it's not unusual for developers to leave projects during development, but it is unusual for creative leads and public faces to depart, and particularly unusual for them to be fired. Even in instances where a development lead could be seen to be disrupting or slowing development, you'd more likely work to minimize their role in the production process than dismiss them entirely. Sometimes true, right? This is all editorial. This is all them just commenting on the news item, which is totally fine in this particular context. Sometimes you go and you hide them in a room. Sometimes you say they are too disruptive. And if they're going to be disruptive or if they're going to say, hey, I'm going to go out on the next marketing video and I'm going to say things that you don't like to hear, then sometimes you have to take a bigger step. I don't know what happened here. This was significant. And Brian Mitsoda's email to RPS suggests that it was sudden and surprising in a way that isn't the normal course of things. There's there's more to the story here. But whether or not that's insubordination, incompetence, problems with the actual management, management changing the direction of a video game, certainly that's a story that we've been told a lot, which is, hey, management has decided it needs to go in a different direction. Maybe narratively, they weren't hitting some of the points that they thought they would be hitting, or maybe the world has changed since they started development, right? This is a three or four-year-old project, at least as described in their videos, and the political world was different four years ago. The coronavirus didn't exist. There might be other things that they have a problem with with the narrative direction. And if one or more of your leads are unwilling to change and you own the company, maybe that's a step that you have to take. Either way, this is a major and significant stumbling block to marketing the game in the future and not one that would be taken idly by either Paradox, which has been in the business of making and publishing games for a long time very successfully, or Hardsuit, which is a name I'm not as familiar with, but is still in the business of trying to sell themselves and a product that they are creating. Now, let's take a look at the email that Brian sent out. Until recently, I was the narrative lead on a video game called Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 for Hardsuit Labs, Inc., being published by Paradox Interactive, which owns 30% of Hardsuit Labs. After almost five years' involvement with the studio, I was suddenly terminated on July 16th, 2020. That's almost a month ago. That this came as a shock to me is underselling it. I've worked on Bloodlines 2 for almost five years. The story and main cast was initially conceived in my living room. I helped develop the pitch for Hardsuit Labs and helped pitch the project at Hardsuit to Paradox in Las Vegas. I've been in charge of the narrative since the beginning, working long days and sometimes weekends to deliver a successor to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, and I've never been led to believe that I hadn't succeeded. Very obviously... I've also been involved in the PR and marketing side of things, even though it was one of the most difficult parts for me. I'm a pretty private person. Press and crowds tend to heavily trigger my social anxiety, which if you've ever wondered about the gloves, he wears cut off uh, fingerless gloves uh, when he appears on these videos. They are armor that makes me feel less exposed in situations that trigger my anxiety. So just stopping for a second. This is a significant deal. Every bit of the marketing and story that Paradox has told, that Hardsuit has told, and we've no reason to disbelieve this, has suggested that 
Paradox goes, they get White Wolf, they get the property that can make a game like this. Kai Clooney says, we have to do it. We have to go and pitch this to Paradox. They bring Brian Matsuda on and they go and pitch it to Paradox. They succeed in getting the project approved. They run the project up until last month. And then they are both unceremoniously fired and Paradox and Hardsuit release that information today, a month later, when they have signed up this new consultant to take over for these two individuals. Bloodlines and the fandom of the game mean the world to me. So I sent my legacy with the franchise, my name, and my participation in marketing efforts for the game, even when it was intensely difficult and took a mental and physical toll. This is all because I wanted to do what was best for the game and the team. The pride in the work, the fan expectations, and the support from coworkers who started out as fans kept me going through these long five years. And I'm incredibly disappointed and frustrated to say that this is where it ends for me on the project. I was not part of the conversations that led to the decision to delay production. And to my knowledge, there were no delays caused by the Bloodlines 2 narrative development. I am confident and proud of the work that I and my team put forward. When that work will be seen and what form it will take is unknown to me, as well as what credit he will receive in the final product and whether he will want it if it changes too much from his vision and what they had written. It was a pleasure to work on this game and with many people at Hardsuit Labs and Paradox, and I'm sorry I won't be able to see it to the end. I spent years on some of the best characters and dialogue that I ever wrote. It's meant a lot to hear from the Bloodlines community, and I do hope that what's finally delivered is as satisfying as I intended it to be, thanks to all of you who supported me throughout the project. So there's nothing here in this email that is suggestive of him finding out any reason for why he was let go. Now, you can come into the comments of this video, just like the Dr. Disrespect ones, and say, oh, of course he knows what he did, or he knows what problem there was. It's very possible that he does. It's also very possible, and I would caution people to not take this into account, that a company didn't communicate with their lead designer, that their company didn't communicate with their executives or their management or their project teams in a fashion that would allow them to know what was happening, and that there can be this miscommunication, this kind of relationship amongst entities that doesn't work. And that there are companies all over the country and all over the world that regularly have to go and have their organizational structure re-examined because you, they have these communication faults. And that's the kind of thing that lawyers and business strategists help with on a regular basis. And so, yes, maybe he did know. Maybe there was some delay. Maybe he was unwilling to go in a direction that management asked of him and he was insubordinate about it. We don't know these things. That wouldn't be presented in an email like this from him. But we can take certain things for granted. We can take certain things as truthful in this statement. He appears to have been involved from the very beginning. He appears to have been involved in the pitch. Everything that was created in Bloodlines 2 up until this point appears to be from his mind, from his department's mind, through the efforts of the creative director, all of whom have been fired and replaced by a gentleman who runs a consulting agency, who runs a consulting agency called Game Whispering that says they offer creative insight to align business, creative, and production to help you find a concept that makes sense in your market, guide your team to develop an exciting prototype, get through production with you by balancing risk and ambition, and all this other good consulting stuff. If you've ever been in a consulting meeting, you recognize the pictures like this. They're explaining how much value they can add to the process. And what appears to have happened here is that either before or after they initially contacted this individual, Paradox and Hardsuit decided that they were going the wrong direction with Bloodlines 2, fired the two creative forces behind the game a month ago, 
and then replace them. I believe the announcement happens today primarily because today was the day that they managed to replace him with this person, that this person will be the creative director, essentially an outside gun, a hired mercenary. And this reminded me so much of some of the things that I have seen in the literary side of things and a role that maybe some of you are familiar with, maybe some of you aren't familiar with, called the dramaturg or dramaturge, depending on exactly what kind of uh, position you are talking about. But a dramaturg is someone that comes in and does the following. This is an interview from Playbill. They do uh, Broadway plays. They talk about things like the theater. Said, so what does a day in the rehearsal room look like for you? The role changes drastically with each production, but with every show, I'm there to be a resource. They're not the writer. They're not responsible for the book or the music. They're essentially helping someone else. And this happens on the literary side of things as well. I like to start the process with a lot of research, which is less about factual accuracy, though that's a part of it, and more about providing a context for maintaining a fidelity of spirit and clarity of thought for the production. I think that is where dramaturgy is most useful in the rehearsal room, is to be a kind of generalist, someone who is observing the production both on a micro and macro level. If there's anything in my research that can be helpful to the creative team or the cast, I'm there when they need me, and I can provide that kind of objective help. That appears to be the kind of role that Alex Mandrika has kind of staked out for himself in the world of video games. He does say he was a former design director at Ubisoft and at Relic. He has these kinds of roles. He has helped bring games to fruition all the way through to production. And Paradox probably has those kinds of people that they could use to help somebody like Hardsuit Labs if Paradox thought it was necessary. But for this particular role, it appears that they hired on a dramaturg to help save this production. And if this person had a role at the company and was giving consulting before the firing, it wouldn't surprise me if they helped usher these folks out the door. But if they were only hired after the after the firing, which is also a strong possibility, then it just suggests that Paradox and Hardsuit are trying to fill in this gap when they didn't otherwise have the next monkey bar grabbed onto before they let go of the last one. That if this is the hiring as of today, and this is recent, that it's August 19th or this week that this hiring was made, that effectively this project hasn't had a narrative director or creative director for about a month now and was fired without notice and without any understanding of why that firing took place, according to them, on that month ago timeline. So what we're left with is a game that I know a number of people are excited about, a game that I'm excited about, a, a sequel to a game that I enjoyed back in the past, although I will have to say it was kind of broken when I played it back when it originally released, and that I was looking forward to, but that is now thrown into a sense of tumult because losing a narrative director on something that doesn't revolve around narrative, whether that's uh, the latest Call of Duty game or another shooter, then that isn't as big of a deal in my mind as losing a narrative director, a creative lead for something that is about world building, that is about playing a role, that is about writing and dialogue and vocalization and all the things that we expect in a modern RPG. So what you are looking at now from a business perspective is a terribly difficult task if you're Paradox or your hard suit to convince folks, especially folks that might've been on the fence, just seeing the initial kind of results of trailers and the reveal of Bloodlines 2 at the Xbox game showcase this summer, and maybe aren't altogether on board with it already, that this is a great change, that this is a good idea. Because right now it looks like nobody's driving the ship, that we didn't know what was going on, that we let it go for four years and we didn't like it as of now, or that we should have liked it and we have decided to change course at the very end. Either way, 
you've got a situation and a project that I know for me personally doesn't convey any sense of solidity, doesn't convey any sense of security. I'm not permanently excited about this. I'm not looking forward to what this is going to be. And if it surprises me at the end of the day and everybody loves it and it's something to look forward to when it comes out, that's fine. But the actual marketing of the game beforehand, actually selling it beforehand and getting people excited is going to be a lot more difficult for Paradox. And it goes to show that they are very serious about the changes here because they know when they make a change like this from a business perspective, that there's going to be a lot of trouble on the horizon, a lot of people asking questions. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, please like, subscribe, share, tell folks that we are here having these conversations about business and law through the prism of pop culture, the music, television, movies, and video games that you are otherwise interested in reading about all the time. We love to have those conversations and hopefully bring a little bit of my experience on those issues to you so that you can better understand the news you're reading and why it's happening and what it means. We have been recently covering Epic Games going on the warpath against Apple and Google, covering both of their lawsuit documents, their request for a temporary restraining order against Apple, and much, much more. So if any part of that story interests you, please do check those out. And before that, we were covering the Dr. Disrespect Twitch saga to a great extent as well. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.